You are listening to the Testudo Times Podcast Network. Hey guys, and welcome to the third episode of the Road to Atlanta podcast, where we're going to get you caught up on everything you need to know ahead of Selection Sunday and NCAA tournament. And believe it or not, guys, we by the time this comes out, we're recording this on a Tuesday, it'll come out on Wednesday. There are only f- going to be four days left until Selection Sunday, which is pretty crazy how fast things have sped up and uh, we're almost at the NCAA tournament. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's almost here. Conference tournament week is one of my favorite weeks of the year, and I'm excited to absorb all the basketball this week and if maryland cancels classes we can just watch some more games you know (laughs) absolutely yeah (laughs) and let's hope that uh the coronavirus has no effect on ncaa tournament games being played because that would be media access that's what i'm most upset that would be absolutely the worst thing in the world if march madness somehow got canceled so let's just hope that doesn't happen just like I mean, you know, you saw. They would lose too much money. Come on. You saw how the Ivy League—they're just kind of crowning Yale as the as the champions of their tournament. They're not playing a conference. I mean, should the NCAA just crown Duke and just have them be the national champions? <laughs> I'm no? just glaring no? at Brandon okay. right now, guys. Okay. I guess we're not crowning Duke. Okay. <laughs> no, but I—I I mean, I did want us to touch on that a little bit because I think that's completely unfair to Harvard. I think that Harvard had a really good chance to win that tournament, and I get that. Harvard shut down its campus and that's where it's hosted, but, you know, host it somewhere else. Figure something else out because I think it's just completely unfair to Harvard, which was a team that was probably going to end up, like, winning and making the tournament, but it's they now beat, just going to yeah, Yale. Yale won the, the league, but Harvard beat Yale twice, which right. is kind of funny. And so. Maryland played Harvard. I mean, they looked good. Uh, yeah, yeah Harvard, Harvard's a good team. I feel bad for someone like Bryce Aiken, but as we've seen the past couple of days, he will be in the grad transfer market, maybe for Maryland, maybe for someone else. Does that have to do with else, it, though? But... Like, that's no, what but I wonder. Like, get... was he going to stay if this hadn't happened? He's just like... No, oh, that was no. that was announced on Sunday, I oh, think, okay, that okay. he was mm-hmm. hitting the grad transfer market. I think that that was... I mean, I just... just sucks for guys who can't close out their career. I mean, it's like... I, mean, I assume Harvard will get to play in the NIT, but I mean, it's, it just sucks because they would have totally had a great shot to win that uh, tournament. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and for Maryland, they just, you know, capped off the Big Ten regular season title, sharing it, unfortunately, with, you know, for them, with Michigan State um, and Wisconsin. You know, the team said when we talked to them that it didn't really diminish it at all. But, I mean, a three-way tie now. They're going to be a third seed in the NCAA tournament, but still, you know, first share since 2009-2010. I think for me, and we'll, we won't touch on this too much because we'll get into it on our weekly podcast, which we'll release a day after this, but... I think what stands out to me is you finally had a really complete game from a lot of players. You had four guys in double digits. Um, Eric Ayala and Aaron Wiggins looked really, really good. They each shot three of four from beyond the arc, had uh, 15 points for Wiggins, 19 for Ayala, which was a season high. Um, you know, Anthony Cowan and Jalen Smith were very usual. Sell's looking really good. Daryl Morsell had seven points. So I think it was one of their best offensive performances. I mean, you had the top four guys in scoring shooting 60% from the field. Um, I think a little bit over that. I think it was around like 61%. Um, Mm -hmm. And it just seemed like the offense was where it needed to be. And so, you know, now as we get into, you know, like we said, four days away from Selection Sunday, Big Ten tournament about to start, I really think a key for them will be to carry it over that production because I think if they can keep it up and play like that, they can still be talked about as a Final Four team. Sports, to me, is all about momentum. And I talked about this a little bit when Maryland was on that big nine-game winning streak. I was like, is Maryland peaking too early? Are they playing their best basketball too early? 
and then they obviously have a bit of a rough patch, and then maybe their most complete game of the season against Michigan on Sunday. So is maybe Maryland starting to peak again and get back into the shape that they were in during that nine-game win streak? I mean, they look better than they had during that streak in terms yeah. of offensive production. And I mean, we'll see obviously with the Big Ten tournament coming up and then CAs, but. I mean that was Maryland's most complete offensive perform- most balanced offensive performance all season and it's like Jalen Smith didn't shoot the ball that well like he only made one three the crazy uh uh you know like three quarter or not three quarters court but right above half court going into halftime and then Wiggins and Ayala both three of four from three I mean that's uh, if Maryland's gonna play like that offensively I don't know many teams in the country that could stop them. I mean, I don't know if that was a production of bad defense from Michigan or if they're really just, you know, starting to hit their stride. And I think we will see that uh, on Friday against Penn State if they come out again looking hot. But I it, mean, it could. You don't know if it's going to be Penn State. It could let's be. Not, let's, not sorry. let's not overlook the Hoosiers in their home state now. Sorry. I, <laughs> I've just been thinking it's going to be Penn State, but... It's yes, definitely not going to be Northwestern, but it's either Indiana, Indiana or Penn State. Indiana or Penn State, excuse me. But I think you'll see, I mean, especially if it's Penn State, a team that Maryland lost too early this season, you get the revenge factor going in there for the Terps. I think it could be a big weekend at the Big Ten Tournament for Maryland and some a weekend that will be obviously very pivotal, pivotal for their uh, seeding in the tournament. Yeah, no, I think you guys hit on all the key points. I mean, they played really well. They made open sh- I didn't think I didn't think Michigan defended that well. Like, I came away really discouraged with Michigan. But like you guys said, you know, the – the role players, Wiggins and Ayala, they made shots, and that's something they're going to have to do in the tournament. Um, I was also worried about them peaking too early, and like it totally looked like they had after that three or four stretch, but a game like Sunday's, you know, they looked like a, a like you said, a Final Four contender. So now it's like, can they, can they play like that again and play with that intensity and momentum when there's not a Big Ten championship on the line on your star point guard senior day? You know, can you play like that? Friday 9 p.m. in Indianapolis, or can you play like that 12.30 on a Thursday in Greensboro? So that, that for me, you know, will be the, the key moving forward. Can you play with that energy and that passion in every game moving forward and not just on your home court? I mean, one of the biggest takeaways for me was I just saw Callen looked so rejuvenated and like a completely different player. He looked so run down and tired in those Michigan State Rutgers Ohio State, Minnesota type games. I mean, games. four games in ten days is a lot. No, I mean, it's everyone gives really Turgeon like a hard time for complaining about that, but like, just as so, as like you know, from our student perspective, like that was the busiest week of a semester, and the all the guys on my team were dealing with that as well. It was the week of midterms. It was a week of all these papers, and not that. And me personally, having the games and that, and all the media availabilities, like I barely slept, and so like, I I don't think like it's a complete excuse, but like. As someone who was covering all of those games and traveling all around, you do have to sort of, like, factor in, like, yeah, that is, like, a kind of brutal stretch. And I think that, I mean, it's it's not going to get any easier. I mean, right, if, you, exactly. if you're going to win the Big Ten tournament, you have to win th- three games in a row in Maryland's case. And, I mean, if you're going to move on in the tournament, you're going to have to win two games in a weekend stretch. So, I mean, th- the this rest... this week will be good for no, them. Yes. Because they've got a while to Totally. They're going to they're gonna have a lot of time to get their bodies right. And I think that if, if this was a sign that, you know, guys like Cowan are rejuvenated and ready to roll, I think that I think that that's great for Maryland. And I think that that could be a factor going forward. Because he definitely looked like a much different player. And it's not like he was going up against some bad point. Or like, he's going up against 
Xavier Simpson. He's matched up with David DeJulius. Those are good good players from Michigan. So I think that he, he showed that uh, he's still got a little bit left in the tank for this team. I mean, I think he's more than a little left in the tank. I think he has a lot. I think it's just... I think the team was really getting down mentally and physically. Like, they were talking about how the championship and just everything was kind of weighing on them. And so I'm interested to see how now that they have had, you know, that championship, I think maybe could lead to a hunger for wanting more. We'll see how this goes. Stay tuned for our podcast coming out uh, on a weekly podcast where we'll dig into that even more. Um, But first, let's get into right now some of the bracket projections for Maryland. Um, Surprisingly, Lenardi kept them at a four seed. Um, in the East, I thought they were going to end up moving up. Um, and then, you know, Andy Katz and CBS Sports uh, both have Maryland as a three seed. CBS has them in the South. Andy Katz, Andy Katz's bracket, I think Maryland fans would really like um, because, and that was, you know, with NCAA, because uh, it has Maryland as a number three seed in the East. Then you've got number one Dayton, number two Creighton, and number four Duke. And interesting enough, uh, Maryland would face Belmont again in the first round, which which is very interesting. That was how, who they faced last year. But obviously, you don't have Dylan Windler, who you know was the core of that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this week for Maryland, it's going to be a lot about them, obviously, and how they perform. I mean, if they if they get to Sunday, if they get to the Big Ten championship, they should no doubt have a three seed. But if they lose Saturday, which I mean, which they might, then it kind of depends on other teams and. I feel like the top six teams are locked. You know, you have Kansas, Baylor, Gonzaga, Dayton, San Diego State, who's done playing, and I think Florida State has done enough to stay in the two-line. But after that, I mean, Creighton, who just lost their best player, Kentucky, Villanova, Seton Hall, Duke, Michigan State, Maryland, and even teams like Louisville and Oregon, I think that group of teams, they're all fighting for a seating position where I think they could jump from two to four, any, any team in that group, so... Like, usually I don't think conference tournaments matter too much, but, you know, if, like, Oregon wins the Pac-12 or Louisville comes out of nowhere to win the ACC tournament, that could affect Maryland's seeding as well as those or are teams. Or if those teams lose, like, on the first right. day. Right, or, or if they lose on the first day. Like, any any scenario could affect Maryland's seeding. So where Maryland ends up will obviously depend on them, and they can kind of handle their own destiny. But if they get balanced a little bit early then they're going to have to be scoreboard watching these uh, other tournaments. I think a weekend like this past weekend shows just how reliant like seeding is on you know other teams Kentucky is down a big number to Florida and then comes all the way back if they if they end up losing that game Maryland's probably on the three line and and like pretty much every bracket projection as opposed to just some and some being four and same goes for Creighton Villanova these teams were all close to losing and then they end up pulling out wins and it's like Maryland won but they they also lost Rutgers last week and it's tough. It's it, I think that seeding is going to be very determined on Maryland seeding is going to be very determined on what others do and one of those teams that is in their you know area is Creighton and they lose their second leading scorer Marcus Zagorowski for at least the entire Big East tournament. I think if that if that team comes out really flat to start the Big East tournament, which we'll get into a little bit later, I think you could see Maryland maybe jump them, assuming they take care of some of their business in uh, Indianapolis and get to, you know, Saturday or Sunday. Can, can I give my... So, Zagorowski, they said he was out... They said he was doubtful for the Big East tournament with a meniscus injury. And this is this is total speculation. This is not a Intel report. I don't know anything, but 
to me, meniscus injuries are usually pretty serious. Yeah. And <laughs> my theory is that he's not going to play again this season, but they don't want the committee to know and like have that drop their seating. So yeah, meniscus is not something that's like a oh like a weak injury. Like it's not like a spra- <laughs> it's not like a sprained ankle. Like a menis- meniscus is usually a pretty serious injury. Like it, I would doubt he plays again. Again, this is all speculation, and that Creighton is kind of holding that information back um, to not hurt their seating. So that's my Zagorowski theory. Uh, just putting that out there. <laughs> I mean, and looking, I mean, let's take a little bit, because we've been looking at Lenardi a lot. I think it's fair to, you know, this week kind of take a look at Andy Katz. He is with the NCAA. I think it's, you know, fair to just explore that a little bit, especially since it seems like most brackets are leaning towards Maryland at a three. Um, I think that's like an ideal situation for Maryland, honestly, because, you know, you would get that Duke matchup we've been wanting. You have Duke as a four in uh, the East region in this as well. Um, like we mentioned, I think Belmont's an ideal matchup to start. Um, but, you know, that second round matchup could be a little concerning uh, against either Virginia, the winner of Virginia versus, versus either uh, Xavier or Richmond. Virginia could cause them a little bit of trouble, but I, I, I don't know. I really like this Virginia team. I saw, I saw them beat Louisville this weekend. I think they're a really good team, and I think if you're a top team who's in that three line... You don't want to see Virginia in the second round. You don't want to see the defending national champion playing great basketball right now, looking great defensively, and, you know, just getting it done. They're picking up big wins when they need to. I mean, just a couple weeks ago, they were talked about as a bubble team, and now they're, you know, in the conversation for a sixth seed. So Maybe they rise to a five if they win the yes, ACC tournament. Yes, I, th- I think that they have a big opportunity ahead, and I think that they have a nice path to where they could go really far in the ACC tournament. I mean... I don't want to. I don't want to be going up against Tony Bennett. That's in the second round. I think that that is a a cause for potential disaster for Maryland. But I mean, you got to take all these brackets with a grain of salt because none of these matchups will probably yeah, end up coming sure. to fruition. I mean, maybe a couple, but it's like there's still some basketball to be played. And then the committee. I mean, they just kind of seem to do their own thing based on like they they don't really hold serve to what the bracketologists have. Yeah. So I think that we're looking at Maryland as, I guess their best chance seems to be a three seed, four seed definitely in the cards, and then maybe if they went on a run in Indy, a two seed. But I think that, that that's probably out of reach at this point. But like we said, depends on what everyone else does. Yeah, I mean, I think that if they were to get, if they were to sweep the Big Ten and, you know, win that championship and then you have some losses go their way, maybe you see them slide into, into a two. But I, I think the three is most likely. One team I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about and ask, like, do you think Florida State stays at a two even if they lose the first day? Like, if they lose their first day, is there a possibility they slide to a three? Uh, I, I mean, think they stay. It, it, I mean, it, it's possible, but, like, I just feel like in a neutral court against Clemson. I mean, I guess Clemson has had a ton of upsets this year. At Clemson. At Clemson. No, they've had some on the road. They've had like one or two on the road, too. I'm pretty sure they had one of those on the road. One thing that all these bracketologists stress that I think that we need, that we've talked about on this podcast, is a November win or loss counts the same to them as a March win or loss. And whether you agree with that or not, it's what they say is true. So losing. I don't think losing that game really matters for Florida State, mm-hmm. to, to be quite honest. If they, I don't think they will, but if for some chance Miami or Clemson beat them, I don't think it matters. 
Yeah, I, I think Florida State. Like I include, I include them in that top six. I think they're pretty secure. They've handled their business. They're pretty secure on the two line. And if they win the ACC tournament and Dayton hypothetically loses, even if Dayton doesn't lose, like there's a chance they could slide to the one. So, I, yeah, I think Florida State is pretty safe in that top six range. I mean, and let's get into some teams that maybe aren't so safe. We're going to buy and sell some bubble teams. Because I feel like we have not talked mm-hmm. about bubbles. We're going to talk about some teams. Because I think this is going to be one of the craziest years for teams on the bubble as well. It's just going to be in generally an insane NCAA tournament. And I personally would not want to be on the committee deciding seating. Because, I mean, it's just a tough job this year. Yeah, I, I love the, the saying, uh, it's hist- a historically weak bubble. Because I feel like... I feel like we say that every year now, and like you have teams that are like 500 in conference and like still in the bubble. So, I mean, at this point, that's like the new, nor- especially with the with the 20 game conferences now. Like ACC plays 20 games, Big Ten plays 20 games. Like teams are gonna have maybe stronger resumes with worse conference records. But uh, one team I'm gonna buy is NC State. Jo- so Joel Lenardi has them. I think is the last team in, and they have a pretty good opportunity. Um, in the ACC tournament, they play the winner of Wake Forest and Pitt, which will be decided by the time this comes out. And they just beat Wake Forest by 20 in their last game. And they've had success against Pitt this year, winning the only matchup with them. So NC State like should have a favorable matchup in round two. And if, they're one of the, if, if they can get to uh, Thursday of the ACC tournament and compete with, like, then they'll play Duke. If you can play, if you can win your first game and then play Duke, and you're already one of the teams in. I think you should be okay, especially when a lot of the other leagues like haven't had quote unquote bid stealers so far. Like Utah State won the Mountain West, but I think they were supposed to get in. San Francisco was a potential bid stealer in the West Coast Conference, but they lost to Gonzaga. A few and that was ago. so was close late. Um, so it's like San Francisco didn't steal a bid. East Tennessee State was a was going to get in without winning their conference tournament, and they did. So it bodes well for those high major programs around the bubble because there haven't been a ton of bid stealing. So. I think if NC State can just take care of business um, against Pitt or Wake Forest and then play against Duke and maybe not get their doors blown off, they should be okay. All right, and then what team are you selling? I'm going to sell Xavier. Um, I love the Big East. I think it's the best league in basketball. and it's. I don't know if I agree with that, but I will I will say I want to point out that like the two teams that we always argue are the best two teams, each had are the best two conferences, each had a freeway tie. Yeah, except I think all three teams in the Big East would have won the Big Ten. But um, really, I don't know about that. Seton Hall beat Maryland without their two best players. Nova was Nova was peaking at the right time. I don't think either of those three teams in the Big East could have taken down Michigan State. Michigan State was not that good in January and uh, December. Like they they racked up some losses. But back to my Big East. We can talk about this more on the weekly. But back to my Big East uh, team. I'm selling. It's the Xavier Musketeers. They've kind of faltered down the stretch, and now they're the seventh seed in the Big East tournament. And they played DePaul uh, on... What West... happened to DePaul? They looked like they could do something at the beginning of the season. The Big, the Big East is really... There is no freebies in the Big East. That's, that's But even before say. then, even, like, they collapsed, I feel like even before, like, conference play even really got underway well, that much. Because Big they, East starts conference they, play they, late. They won at Iowa and at Minnesota, for what it's worth. Um, the worst team the Big East did. But DePaul is... DePaul still has some, some juice to them. They have... Charlie Moore, who's an experienced point guard, who's good, and Paul Reed's an NBA caliber big man, and Romeo Weems on the wing. So Xavier, uh, right now in Joe Lenardi's bracketology, is the second team out, and I think they're in danger of losing to 
DePaul in their first game, and then they could play. Then they play Villanova round two, which I don't think like the way they're trending right now. I don't think they have any shot of beating Villanova. So I just I think that Xavier with two tough games and the way they've been trending down as of late, um, I'm I'm gonna sell them, and I don't think they're gonna get in. Jor- right. Jordan, where do you stand? Who are you buying? On okay, the so uh, I'll just preface this with the team that I was gonna buy. Lila took, so I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to uh, mix it up, but I kind of picked a team that it's probably played their way off the bubble a little bit. So I'm buying Rutgers, and I say that I say I'm buying them because I think that they're a team that could make some noise this weekend in Indy, and I think that they're a team that can make some noise in the tournament. I I was really impressed with them this week. They come in not playing good basketball, and they just blow the doors off of Maryland, a good Maryland team. They're up by 20 at one point. I, I really like this Rockers team. And then they go on the road and handle their business in Mackey against Purdue. And I, th- I think that that's a really tough place to play, and that's against another bubble team. And just the way that they handled themselves this week in a situation where they really needed to get it done and just really got what they they got it done. And I think Steve Pickill is a great coach, and Geo Baker is a great leader for them. And I just – I like Rutgers. I – see them making i i see them beating michigan on thursday at the big 10 tournament and i would be tempted to pick them to beat wisconsin in that friday noon matchup i that's a hot take i really like this Rutgers team and i think that you know given the right matchup in the ncaa's they could make it to the second round probably not the sweet 16 but the second round and then my cell, I'll keep it in the Big Ten, is... Wait, wait, wait. I have to debate Rutgers a little bit. You you think that Rutgers is going to beat Michigan and then beat Wisconsin? I'd, I'm not, I'm not like, firmly saying they're going to beat Wisconsin, but I th- I'm confident they're going to beat Michigan. I don't know about that. I feel like Michigan will beat Rutgers. I, I like Rutgers' discipline on the defensive end, and I think that they... Not the best team offensively, but I think that they take good shots, and... I, I, I like them to be Michigan. I, I do. I, I think that they're a team that's playing really good basketball right now after this past week. And then I'll go move over to my sell. I stick in, sticking in the Big Ten, I am selling the Indiana Hoosiers. Watched them this weekend against Wisconsin. They had a seven-point lead with around six minutes to go and just could not buy a bucket. They really blew and, it for Maryland. Uh, they, I mean, they they let a they let Wisconsin go on a 12-0 run over six minutes span, and they just don't have anyone who I'm confident saying, "Give him the ball, he'll stop a run. Give him the ball, and he can take over." I I don't think that they have anyone who can do that, and I think that they likely lose to Penn State in the first round in their first. Oh, assuming they beat Northwestern or Nebraska, or Nebraska excuse me. I think that they lose to Penn State and I just I I'm just even with the home advantage yeah I'm just really disappointed in Indiana as a program as a whole I thought that they were going to be back when they hired Archie Miller and I mean they've just completely regressed from the Tom Crean era I mean they were they were a perennial you know sweet 16 top of the big 10 team with Crean and now they're fighting to be on the bubble with Archie Miller I think that his time in Bloomington could be coming to an end soon if things don't turn around. And it seemed like a team that's, you know, letting outside chatter get in there and 
Uh, you know, quite the comments. I mean, Archie, Archie's <laughs> out here calling out Joe Lenardi. I just, I don't like what's going on in Bloomington. I, I thought that Saturday they had a great opportunity to really cement themselves as a tournament team, and they played well for a lot of that game, and then just completely blew it down the stretch. And that is why I am out on the Indiana Hoosiers. You, you don't like Devonte Green thirty footers with the shot clock aspiring? <laughs> that's that's not your forte. Um. Yeah, no, Indiana's in a rough spot. I mean, I think they can win. I think they'll beat Nebraska, and they'll be firmly in because they won twenty. They somehow won twenty games if they beat Nebraska, which is incredible, and they're in the best league, quote unquote. Um, so I think they'll be in. But yeah, I mean, I you really you really don't think like the Big Ten is up there as one of the best leagues? I think it's two or three. I think it's close. Um, I think it's I think it's the best up there of the the East. Yeah, I mean, it just all depends. It all depends like what you what you believe in because. I think it's deep, but I don't think a lot of those teams are going to go far. Whereas the ACC, only four teams are going to get in, but I feel pretty confident that three of them are going to go to the Sweet 16 and maybe all four, and three of them can make the Final Four. But, um, you know... I just think, like, also in my mind, it's like what league has the most competitive games in addition to that, and I think that's by far the Big Ten. Yeah, the 55-50 games are competitive because neither team can score for eight minutes. Like Jordan said, Indiana didn't score for seven minutes, and they almost won. Um, but no, I backed Indiana. Defense, defense is good too. Everyone's hating on defense these days. I I like a good, like defensive game as well as like a good offensive game. Um, so back but back to Indiana. I uh I like I would not pick them to win a game in the tournament. I think they're a first round exit, and Archie doesn't have those guys, this this team going in the right direction. I really and the NCAA or the Big Ten. Big Ten, I kind of like their matchup with Penn State because Penn State's also trending downwards. I haven't made a pick on that game yet, but NCAA tournament. I probably am not going to pick them in the first. I round. really don't know if they make it if they don't beat Penn State. I, th- I like the resume is good, but it's like they didn't really do anything away from home, and I don't know. I think that they're firmly on the bubble because they blew that game to Wisconsin. If they just hold on to that Wisconsin game that they're in. They're they're the same way as Rutgers to me, but the, like they, it's just so bad down the stretch. I will say, with the, one of the weirdest games of the year, they have the best win of any team in the Big Ten, probably. Against uh, Florida at, State. If they beat Florida State, which is, which helps their case, but... That def- <laughs> that definitely helps their case. That's a, that's a weird result, looking back on that. At home, though, as well. Mm-hmm. And they did they did everything good. They beat Michigan State, too, at home. I mean, all their wins are at home. They didn't do... Archie Miller, 3-0 against Tom Izzo. Advanced statistics. <laughs> they didn't do anything on the road, and I don't know, I... I mean, you can make an argument that they'll be playing home games in the Big Ten tournament, kind of. But I don't know. I, I'm out on them. All right, uh, Lila, who are you Who are you buying the team that Jordan was going to buy? And who are you going to sell? All right, so I'm going to buy UCLA. Um, you know, Cronin just won uh, Pac-12 Coach of the Year. And they were on a seven-game win streak. And then, you know, they lost at USC. And it was just like on like a buzzer beater late. Um, they easily could have won that game. It was a lucky shot. Um, and during that stretch, they beat, you know, then at the time, number 18, Colorado, uh, and number 23, Arizona, both on the road. Um, I just think they're really well coached. Um, I think I really like just how spread out their scoring and distribution is. Um, you've got five guys averaging over 8.3 points per game, four guys with over 4.5 rebounds per game. And I just think that, like, they have the momentum right now. Like, yes, they had that loss, but I think they're looking really good right now. And then you look at the, you know, Pac-12 bracket, um, and they will have a tough road. I mean, they're the second seed, and, you know, they could face a potential matchup with 
Arizona State, which I think could be tough, but I think they do have the potential to win the Pac-12. I, I think you, you nail it with UCLA. I, I love this team. I think it's such a great story. I'm a big Mick Cronin fan. I think they, they play a great brand of basketball. They play good defense. They rebound the ball. They get good shots. And I think that they're – I will get into this later, but I think that they'll definitely make a run in the Pac-12 tournament and solidify themselves as a team that will definitely be in the tournament. I will say, though, be wary of Stanford um, in that t- potential 2-7 matchup. Stanford beat them in their only matchup this year. Granted, it was at Stanford, but it was by 15. Stanford so. also bubbled. Stanford's, an, like, I think that's that's one of the reasons I'm really excited for the Pac-12 tournament. I mean, once you get to day two, like, those one one versus eight, two versus seven, all those matchups. The Pac-12 are has be. been all over the place this year. Right, so the, I think the kind as of you, tournament. As totally you can could, see with UCLA as the two seed and someone like, Colorado that's been ranked a lot of the season as the sixth seed mm-hmm. and Arizona not a great seed I mean it's like it, it has really been a wacky conference I think that has the potential to be probably the most exciting conference tournament absolutely and I mean I think yeah, either that you have a Pac-12 or the Big Ten even like maybe the Big East like I think those are all my three tournaments that I'm going to be trying to keep an eye on the most those obviously the we'll be I'm at the Big Ten but when I'm not covering games of the Big Ten or doing other stuff for the site, I'm going to be trying to watch, you know, games from the Pac-12 or the Big East. Absolutely. And then uh, what team are you selling? So I am going to sell Memphis. Um, you know, they're on the bubble, but kind of a little bit farther than some of the teams we've discussed. Um, and I just think that they're a really young team, and I don't think they have the makeup to, like, go far in a conference tournament. Um, and they haven't really put together a decent winning streak since the beginning of the season. Like, they haven't just had, like, a consistent winning streak in conference play, and they're not even in, like, that strong of a conference. And, like, they literally only have two quad one wins. I don't understand how a team can make the tournament with two quad one wins. I just don't think that's a recipe for it. I mean, three of their losses are quad three. I just don't think that they have, like, enough quality wins uh, to make the tournament, I don't think they have enough experience to win out their conference tournament. I mean, I I kind of thought their season was toast once Wiseman left, and I mean, this is a team that lost on their home floor to Georgia, who finishes thirteenth in the SEC. I mean, granted they have Anthony Edwards, but not much else. And I I don't think Memphis is much. I mean, see in the NIT. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a bad luck. I mean, obviously the Wiseman thing, and then. Their third leading scorer, DJ Jeffries, um, was announced out for the year, like halfway through the season. So they've had some bad luck. And Penny, it's his first year as a head coach. And like, I do like him as a head coach. I mean, from what I've seen of them on the ESPN show that they're doing, I mean, he seems like a real players coach who genuinely loves and cares about his players. And his staff really seem to care more, you know, about their players than a lot of programs I've seen. And I love that. I just think when you have such a young team and, um, and with the guys they lost, it's just tough. Yeah, and I think Memphis is going to be a really good program. I mean, they're going to keep reloading and recruiting. They're going to bring some of these guys back. And I think this is a, a, a learning year for Penny and how to coach in the college game and some of the you know decisions and the traveling that goes on. So I agree with you on Memphis. I don't think they'll get in, but definitely a team to watch next year. All right, so we previewed some of this a little bit, but we're now going to get into – each of the conference tournaments besides the Big Ten, which we'll get into on the weekly podcast, give some of our predictions. So should we start with the Big East? Sure, Let's yeah. Do it. So in the Big East, I mean, this is definitely, if you're a Maryland fan, a tournament to be keeping an eye on. 
because as we mentioned before, you just have so many teams that are in contention with Maryland for seeding. And I think that like one of these three teams has to like lose on the first day of uh, Villanova, Seton Hall, and Creighton. I think it's most likely Creighton, but I mean, you can't have all of these three teams advancing to the final, obviously. So I think that like something here has to go Maryland's way because um, these are all in Maryland's seed range. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see what happens there. And you've got, you know, you've got Villanova and Seton Hall on the same side of a bracket, which I think is really interesting. And then Creighton on the other end. So, um, I mean, you could easily not even see, um, you know, Villanova or Seton Hall making it to the semifinals. Or sorry, making it to the finals because they have to, you know, face each other. Yeah, this is, I mean, I've said it before. This is my favorite league. I think this is the best league. So, of course, this is the conference tournament I'm most excited for. I mean, St. John's is actually playing pretty well. They just destroyed Marquette on their home floor. They actually beat Creighton, too, with Zagorowski. 20 points. By 20 points. So, you, I think they'll get past a Georgetown team that's struggling, uh... On Wednesday, I was surprised Georgetown kept it so close against Villanova. Yeah, I so I think they'll get past Georgetown on Wednesday. I think they're I think St. John's will beat Creighton on Thursday, and that could be Maryland's that could be Maryland's opening. Because I think Saint, I could see that happening. I think St. John's could get past Creighton for sure. But then you, you just look at that quarterfinal day. I mean, St. John's Creighton will be a good game. Providence Butler, uh, the uh, Providence has won six straight. And Butler's been in the rankings up and down all year. I just love that dog. I just it, love that puppy. Yeah, that's gonna be a great matchup. And then can they just have like the puppy just like prime time? <laughs> like that's that'll just make that matchup even better. And then you get Villanova versus either versus either a hungry Xavier team or a DePaul team playing with nothing to lose. And then to cap it off, you have Miles Powell versus Marcus Howard. I mean, Ooh, that's, that's a that's a good that's, matchup. That's just that's just Thursday. That's why I love this league. I mean. If you're a fan and you just want to watch a fun college basketball game, I would tune into the Big East. They have six of the top 30 offenses in Ken Palm. It's in the Big East. Um, and then, so I think St. John's will get past Creighton, but I like the Friars to come out of that side of the top bracket. Like I said, they've won six straight, and I think they'll win two there. Then on the bottom... And is Providence still on the bubble right now? Or they? No, they're in. They're, they're, they're in. in. I think they're in, right? They're yeah. in. You, and they've won six straight... Uh, with wins over Seton Hall, Marquette, at Villanova. Yeah, I, saw, they're yeah in. I mean, they're I see them projected as like a seven seed. It's kind of a similar scenario with like Virginia, a team that just kind of got hot up the end and completely played their way off the bubble. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you saw that with so many teams this year that like just were kind of projected to be pretty good or even teams that weren't projected to be good and like they sucked for the beginning of the year and just went on these streaks to end it. And I have to wonder like with those teams how much of it is schedule and how much of it is those teams finding their stride. So I'm really interested to see how teams like that, like like Providence, like UCLA, like Michigan State, like how teams like that perform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I'll take Providence on the top side. And on the bottom, I think uh, we're due for another Seton Hall-Villanova game, which they played a week or two ago. Awesome on, game. On Seton Hall Senior Night. Great awesome, game. Awesome game. I think Villanova will win the rematch again. Or no, sorry. I think Seton Hall will win the rematch on a neutral court. Seton Hall's had success in the Big East Tournament before. And these two teams have actually met in the Big East Tournament frequently. Setting up for a Seton Hall-Providence um, championship. And everyone likes to call Miles Powell the Kemba Walker candidate. The guy that can lead his team far in the tournament. But I like Luane Pipkins and the Providence Friars to get it done. Keep that momentum going into March. So I'm going to take Providence over Seton Hall in the final. Okay. I, uh, my mind's kind of similar. I also have Providence in the final, but I can't really buy them actually being able to win the whole thing. Um, I have Villanova beating, beating Seton Hall. Um, they looked good against them last time. And 
I think Seton Hall's been sliding a little bit. I mean, they've lost their last two games. Granted, they were two tough matchups against Creighton and Villanova, but I think that Villanova is kind of just more on an upward trajectory right now, and so I would have, you know, Villanova beating Providence. Jordan, who you got? Um, so I have the same final as you, Brandon, but I have Seton Hall winning. About Providence, great guard play, Diallo and David Duke. I think that they're a team that's really hitting their stride. They beat all the top teams in that conference, so I'm not worried about them beating anyone. I think that they will handle Creighton without Zagorowski. And then I do like Seton Hall to win uh, the tournament and that rematch against Villanova. And as you said, when I think of the Big Ten tur- Big East tournament, I think of Kemba Walker. And the player that resembles Kemba Walker to me is Miles Powell. And with that being said, I think Miles Powell just gets into a different level for this Seton Hall team. And, you know, this Seton Hall team is, it's really been, Miles Powell's career there, he's just been such a great player. And I feel like they haven't had the success that maybe they deserve as a program, just with how good these teams have been over the past couple of years. And I think that it's capped off with a Big East crown. I like them to beat Providence in the final. All right, and then for the Big 12 tournament, it seems like we have all the same result here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess we can just get into that. I feel like Big 12 is like one of the weakest conferences this year. Um, like I feel like you've like SEC is the weakest, then ACC, even Big 12. Um, uh, I mean, ACC has three or four teams that can do some damage, but the rest of the conference is bad. No, but, but I'm talking, when I am talking about strength of conference, I'm talking about as a whole. I'm not talking about the top teams. Um, so, like, but yeah, like, Big 12, they have some good top teams, but I don't think from there it's that good. So, I mean, we so, not to spoil it, but we all have Kansas over Baylor, but I actually read an interesting article today. I want to throw this idea out to you guys. Kansas is pretty locked in. It is locked into a one seed for sure, and they're, pro- they're probably locked into number one overall, or at least playing in the Midwest, in Indianapolis. So, a writer suggested that Maybe if they like if they either beat Texas Tech in the one four or at some point should they kind of rest their stars and rest their guys to get more rest, um, like a little bit of a load management in college basketball is is that a load crazy management is so like is it, you complained about how tired Maryland was playing four games in I love days. it I love it I <laughs> it, I don't think they would do it but if I was Bill Self I would. That's a... I would play these guys. It's more of a mental thing with me. I would, right I would play the, I would play Dodson as a bouquet. All the big guys, twenty five minutes a game. <laughs> like this doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. They are locked in. I mean, they have been the best team in college basketball all season long. You don't want to add another championship to your. Who cares? You think Bill Self cares about a, a conference championship? They win it. They win it every year. They. The goal for Kansas is national championships. I don't think they really care about what happens in the Big 12 tournament. I don't think they're going to bench players. But I'm players saying don't just, like, just, throw it or bench not, them. If you're going to play them 25 minutes a night, sure, but don't just, like, completely throw it. That's not that's not how college basketball works. I think that they right. will put their best foot forward and try and win this tournament. But it's an interesting point you bring up, and I think it – I mean, maybe you see these guys' minutes go down at least a little bit. I don't know if Bill Self will be doing anything intentional like that, but it seems like the smart play. It's interesting theory. I, I was I was reading. It, I'm like, you know, I'm what? a big I'm a big proponent of. I love Kawhi Leonard, so I'm like a big proponent of. You know, you want to be your you want to be at your best when it matters most, and 
I think Kansas kind of has an op- a rare opportunity where they could do that, but I don't think it happens. Yeah, no, me neither. But yeah, so I have Kansas playing Baylor in the championship. I do think West Virginia as a six is a little sneaky, but yeah, that was a, I was debating putting Kansas West Virginia, but I think Baylor can can beat um, them. And then just lost to them. And then we'll get a and then we'll get a rematch uh, of this. You know, these teams Such have played good, twice. Uh, like I just want to see this matchup again. It's just it's been so good the first two times. Yeah, no, I I think we'll definitely I think we'll probably see it again, and I'll take Kansas, although. One surprise me if Baylor won, but I'll take Kansas. You you guys agree? Yeah, yeah. Kansas. You know, something I just thought of. We this weekend we have the potential to see three. We we have the potential to see round three of three of the best matchups we've seen all year in college basketball. That's Kansas Baylor, Villanova Seton Hall, and then I'll throw Maryland Michigan State in there. I think the second round of Maryland Michigan State wasn't great, but that first game was so incredible. And then for both those other matchups, were just such great games against, you know, all great teams. And I think that that would be really cool if we got to see round three of all those uh, matchups. Absolutely. All right. ACC. ACC tournament started today. It's such a, you know, big league that, you know, they had the first round of the day. But I don't think any of us think that those teams are really going to be going that far in this. So, you know, we're kind of going to disregard that a little bit. North Carolina's winning it. <laughs> <laughs> No, if there's a sneaky team to win the ACC, it's Clemson. I didn't say Clemson would, but if there's a sneaky team to win the ACC, like Clemson's just been so like crazy this year. Like I wouldn't, like I wouldn't be insanely shocked if they were able to just like somehow like make it to the final. Like I don't think I, I it's would. happening, I would be, but I, would, I wouldn't I would, be like insanely shocked. I would be floored. I would be insanely shocked. Yeah, I would, I, be, I would be insanely. I would shocked. be floored. As They've well. beaten three top six teams this year at home. I'll, I'm pretty sure one of those was, it was on the not, road. I don't, it was not. I checked that. that it was. It, they've won all the games at home. Um, and your boy Chris likes. They're playing the eight nine game against Miami. That that could be a good game. That like, could be I a like good Chris game. Hey, I love Chris likes. Noon noon on Wednesday, which is I mean it's t- when it comes out. So noon today, if you guys want to watch some Chris likes versus Clemson. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, but yeah, so I guess we'll get into who we do think. Could win. I mean, this is an interesting tournament. You've got Virginia and Louisville on one side, and you've got Duke and Florida State on the other. So, you know, four really good teams there. It'd be interesting to see if any of them get upset at all. Um, well, yeah, do, so do we think any of them could get upset early, and if so, who? I would say either Duke or Louisville. I think that if you Whoa. end up... I think that Virginia and Florida State are the two strongest, strongest teams in this tournament Whoa. right now. Wow. I, I do. I think they're both like have the momentum right now. I I think they're I like those two teams better than the other two. Like I did like Louisville. I've kind of been going back and forth about them lately, and I, now I'm not as sure. Um, they could come back, but I don't know. Louisville hasn't looked as strong lately to me. I think Virginia is on upset watch on day two. So I I'm not as high on Virginia as others. They've won seven in a row, but a lot of their games are by a really small margin against. You know, like you've said, the ACC, the bottom is weak. And I know they don't blow teams out because they're not explosive on offense, but their offense has been their downfall when their teams are not as good. Um, they look good against Louisville, though. They did. Um, at home, they did. But uh, last month, on February 11th, they played Notre Dame at home, and they won by one in overtime. Notre, D- Notre Dame could see Virginia on day two. I actually like the Fighting Irish, who can be explosive on offense at times, to upset Virginia in round two. So that's... That's I can see them maybe upsetting Louisville, too. That's my one team that I don't think gets there. Um, Jordan, do you think any of those top four? 
I, th- I think they're all safe. I do like your... I, I think NC State could give Duke some That's trouble. That's what I was going to say. Um, I mean, they're going to be a team that needs a win. And Duke doesn't necessarily perform that well in this tournament. Um, I don't know. I remember way back Maryland being in a kind of similar scenario as NC State was in in the ACC tournament and going in. They had a matchup with Duke. They were on the bubble and they beat Duke. I forget what year that was. Maryland didn't end up making the tournament that year, but... Just I I don't think Duke does that well in this tournament usually, and then I do like I think Notre Dame ha- would have a chance to beat Virginia. Notre Dame is a decent squad. Saw them go wire to the wire. They should have beat Florida State last week. You know, really blew that game at the end. And that that affected Maryland seeding negatively too. It was another game that Maryland could have really used. It was a it was a bad week for mm-hmm. teams in <laughs> Maryland's uh, range, but. Yeah, I, th- I, I think all these top teams hold serve at the end of the day. So then, what's your, uh, so then what's your final? Okay, I, I actually just changed this. I have, I always had Florida State winning it, but I now like Louisville to beat Virginia. I that was a good game this weekend, but I think Louisville will be hungry to get some revenge, and I think that they're just too talented. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the the talent difference between. Virginia and Louisville is just too big for them to do it again. And then I like Florida State to win it. They've been the seems like they've been the best team in this conference all season long, and I like them to hold serve and beat Duke and then beat Louisville. Lila, who you have? I might be changing mine too. Um, so I did have. I think I'm still going to keep my final matchup of Florida State versus Virginia. Um, I think that like Virginia gets past Notre Dame and gets past Louisville. Um, but, and then I have Florida State on the other side. I think it'll be Florida State versus NC State in the semifinals. Um, but I'm going to switch to say Florida State wins it. Okay. I mean, I'm the only person that likes... But I do think that, like, Virginia makes the championship. I'm the only person that likes Duke on this podcast. They're 1-0 against Florida State. They su- He's right, though. They suck in the ACC tournament. They won it last year. Virginia didn't win it. They, Duke won it. No, um, I mean, I... Duke, Duke won it last year. Yeah, so. but, like, that's a... They do. They have struggled in the past in this tournament. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm that's saying. What like I was that's getting. one um, Yeah. I think, I mean, for what it's worth, Duke has won their last two games. They crushed NC State, who is the five seed. So I think they'll get. I think. Yeah, but the, NC State also beat them. Um, yeah, but they crushed NC State recently, so I think that they'll like. I think they're playing better, and they beat UNC pretty handily the that's other night. UNC. It's a that rivalry game is always pretty close. And my point you is, you saw the, the first game. My point, my so point, UNC is just my point shitty. is that they're my point is that they're trending in the right direction. They're playing well. They beat Florida State once this year, so I have Duke over Florida State. Uh, then the other side, I have Louisville over Notre Dame. Then in the championship, I actually like Louisville to beat Duke. I think that would be a good game. Louisville had success against Duke early in the year, and uh, uh, Jordan Noir is playing a little bit better as of late. David Johnson caused a lot of problems for Duke in that game. So I think Louisville starts to kind of turn things around with their experience in their guard play, and I think Louisville will take down Duke in the championship. Louisville, to me, is a team that's kind of flying under the radar a little bit. I think that they're in that same range as, you know, the Maryland's, Kentucky's, Dukes of the world, and no one's really talking about them that much. This was a team they were that was, talked about way early on in the season. No, They've just a, fallen off. Yeah, I mean, that, this is a team that was number one for a nice stretch of time. Mm-hmm. And I, like you said, Noara, David Johnson, those are two really good basketball players. I think that they could definitely make a run to 
I mean, they've lost four of their last seven, though. But but conversely, like, after that stretch where they lost to Georgia Tech and Clemson, they've won three of the last five. Okay, but, like, those were all against horrible teams. The two losses coming on the road to Florida State and Virginia, and Virginia they lost by three. Right, but the teams they won against are all terrible. They, but they, Syracuse, but they, but they won, but they won by a big margin. It's like for me it's against like, terrible teams at home. You have to. They they won by a big margin. They did what they're supposed to do. That's signs of playing better. I mean, it's it's better than you were. Pro, you but were, then you they were, get tested and they get blown out. Eighty-two, you pro, sixty-seven. You were propping up. Florida State's really good, and that game was Louisville was actually winning that for a big stretch, and then Florida State got away at the end. You were propping up Maryland for beating. 14 and 17 Minnesota on a buzzer beater. So that's so contradictory. That's different though. That was that, that different? Was, because it wasn't about the quality of team. It was about the fact that, well, first of all, Minnesota's really good at home, but it was more so... Minnesota's 14 and 17. But they're very good at home. <laughs> Calm down. It was more so about the fact that Maryland overcame that deficit. I just I think Louisville's won three of their last five, crushed the bad teams they were supposed to. I, I lost agree four with of you. their last I, seven. I, I like I like Louisville. And I like Chris Mack. Yeah, and I like Jordan DeWar and I like they have NBA players in DeWar and Johnson. They have experienced guards with Fresh Kimball. They have size with Enoch. Like I think this team starts to trend in the right direction. And they got lucky that Duke and Florida State have to battle each other the night before. So we'll we'll table this for next week. We'll see what happens. But I do like Louisville and I'm in on them. SEC country. SEC just is horrific this year. It's just not good. Um, I was, like, having a hard time picking the championship because I was, like, I really don't like any... Like, I wanted to not say Kentucky is my winner, Mm -hmm. but just, like, everyone else sucks. So that's what I went with. Um, (laughs) um, You know, you have, like, Auburn that's, like, maybe a five seed. You have, like, LSU um, and Florida, which are, like, eight to nine seeds. And, like, Kerry Blackshear is now questionable, which... Like, I would say it would be, like, Kentucky-Florida, but now that you mm-hmm. have him questionable, that kind of messes things up. Yeah, I mean, Florida's a weird team. I'm, I'm still kind of off on them, and the Blackshear injury, for me, is enough to, like... And they almost beat Kentucky. That was an insane I kinda, game. I kind of... I'd watch out for Georgia beating them in that Thursday round. I mean, Georgia has been, pretty. I mean, quite frankly, awful this year, but... Mm-hmm. If you get a good game from Anthony Edwards, this Georgia was up in the second half on Florida by twenty earlier this year and blew that lead. So, I mean, they 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 can do it, but it's you know just a matter of them putting together a complete game. I mean, this, this is a weird conference yeah. for me. What so I mean, I like Kentucky. I like them over LSU. I I I see a lot of chalk in this tournament. I think. Most of the seedings hold serve, but I do like LSU to beat Auburn. That was a really good game a couple weeks back that saw Auburn barely sneak a W, and I, I like LSU to get a little bit of revenge, but then I think Kentucky kind of runs away with this tournament and wins pretty easily. Like they seems like they always do in this tournament. Yeah, they, they've won, <laughs> I think, for the past five years, and last year they lost to a really good Tennessee team, like in I think in overtime. Uh, I, I agree. I mean, the, this tournament to me is the least exciting one. Yeah, for sure. Can, I mean, Tennessee just beat Kentucky, so that could be an interesting quarterfinal game. But and Alabama has like some interesting guys, but just Kentucky, they're playing really, they're playing better right now, and they're just not going to be challenged. I took Kentucky over LSU as well. Auburn LSU could be an interesting game. Yeah, like that. that, that like, that's, and... That'll probably be like the best individual game of the tournament, but. Yeah, I just for me this tournament doesn't do a lot. 
Uh, Lila, who who do you have in the championship? Uh, I have in the championship. I had uh, Kentucky, and I said Texas A and M. I didn't realize I was saying that. I saw that who, on the. They're on playing the, a little bit better on the dock. I, I like, don't even wow, remember a, writing that. What a, what a bold move! Texas A and M is playing well. Yeah. Oh, now I know why I said that. I know why I said that because Auburn is just like so shaky, like. Auburn just confuses, like, they're just so shaky. I think that's why I said that. Mm -hmm. And then, but I could see LSU beating Texas A&M. So I would say either LSU or Texas A&M, but Kentucky winning it. Gotcha. All right, well, the last uh, major conference tournament we've talked about is the Pac-12. I just want to say, after the Big East, this is the tournament I'm the second most excited for because... Really? Over the Big Ten? It's it's, it's way more exciting to watch the Pac-12 basketball. You just have teams... It's, it's way more NBA talent, first of all. Like, the individual players are really good. Washington finished in last place in the league and is going to have two first-round draft picks. Oh, and you do get Bill Walton. I mean, Bill Walton oh probably just brings it to another level. Yeah, you, know? you get it's just West Coast what, basketball. What is he going to do in the Pac-12 this year? Like, what stunt is he going to pull? You know, we've gotten peanut butter on the air this year. Who knows? We've gotten some interesting stuff, so I'm interested to see what he pulls of, it's out. It's the Conference of Champions. I mean, there's just so many teams that could win this. Um, so I'm really... Exactly. I hate that it's called that. When's the last time the Pac-12 actually had a champion? No one calls it that but Bill Walton. But that just that <laughs> makes it great. Um, so I'm really excited for this one. And usually get some potential day two matchups. I mean, Oregon-Oregon State is a bit of a rivalry. USC versus Arizona or USC versus Washington. That's a ton of talent. USC has Onyeko Kwongu. Uh, Arizona has Nico Mannion, Zeke Naji, and Josh Green. Like, and shout out, Mirren Fader just did an incredible feature on him. Um, I got I to gotta read that. I mean, this is a, like, and then you, we talked about UCLA earlier. They could be playing Stanford, a team that beat them earlier this year in the 7-2. And Stanford looked like they're trending up, and then they um, lost some games. Colorado's a ranked team, and they're the sixth seed. And Arizona State, they're somewhat of a confusing team. They're the three. Like, this could really be a tournament where you have like, like the six and seven seeds playing in the semifinals. So, yeah, I'm... I'm really excited for this one. Uh, Jordan, I'm going to throw it to you. Who do you have winning it all and in the championship? UCLA. I Like I said, I love this Bruins team, and I like them to beat. I like them in a rematch over USC in that ma- that close matchup we saw this past weekend. I, j- I think that this is just a team that's playing really good basketball you right now. You think USC beats Oregon? Um, yeah, I do. I, I, I like... I like the bubble teams to do well in this tournament because I, th- I just think that they're playing for a little bit more. Oregon's good. I, I tried to be a little bit more bold with this pick, mm-hmm. and obviously I wouldn't be surprised if Oregon wins it. I mean, they probably should, but I I, don't, I, I like this UCLA team. I like the brand of basketball that they play, and I, I've seen some good stuff from USC too, and they just beat UCLA, but I think that UCLA gets the uh, Crosstown uh, Revenge. So I also have UCLA winning, but I have them versus Oregon in that game. I think I think Utah can beat Oregon State, and then you would have Oregon beat Utah. Um, and then I see Arizona-USC. I'm not really sure who comes out of that. Could go either way, in my opinion, but you'll have Oregon ending up coming out of that side of the bracket. Um, UCLA... Uh, Arizona State on the other side of the bracket could be a really interesting matchup, but I think that UCLA makes it out of that. Like I said, they're just playing really well right now. They're really well coached, and so I see UCLA winning it. I like Colorado to beat Arizona State in that matchup and then give UCLA a tough matchup in that semifinal game. I I think Colorado – this 
this is the most wide open tournament. hundred percent. For sure. That's... Even more than the Big Ten, you think? hundred uh, percent. Yeah, I, I mean, don't... I wouldn't be surprised if Washington went on a run. Exactly. Like, it's there's really so many teams. Washington? Like, how crazy would that be if That's Washington made it to the Washington finals? Washington has two of the like, best guys in the league, yeah, which is no, crazy. They, um, Washington was supposed to be really good this year. You know, that's, yeah, I agree. That's so, I took a bit of an unconventional pick here. Um, I watched Arizona State-Washington the other night. Washington actually won, but I was enamored with Arizona State. Just the way they play, prolific offense. They score 74 points a game, led by three guards, Remy Martin, Alonzo Verge, who is the best sixth man in college basketball. He has the most points off the bench, and Rob Edwards. They don't play a lot of defense, but... Bobby Hurley in March is up and down, but I just think that this team in this kind of tournament, they can just put up points in a hurry. Um, so I think that they'll get past Colorado. And then I actually have I Stanford UCLA. I think that'll be a good game, but I think Arizona. I think if Arizona State can get past Colorado, they'll definitely win the semifinal game. On the other side, you know we talk about Tom Izzo as a March coach, but Dana Altman is a little bit of an underrated March coach as well. He gets his guys to. Uh, figure it out and turn it around. They've actually been in the Pac-12 championship for the past five years. So I have Arizona State playing Oregon, and I just think that the Sun Devils get hot and make a lot of threes and beat Oregon in the championship. So that is my prediction. Arizona State has been an up and down team this year. Very interesting, but I don't. I just. I don't know if I can see them like winning the whole thing. That's there's like they could, I think they could easily win it, but at the same time, I think they could easily lose to Colorado by twenty, and that's why I love the Pac-12. <laughs> That, you're right. They're so up and down. No result will surprise me with them. I'm going to need to stay up and watch that tournament. That's yeah. that's going to be really I hate how late Pac-12 tournament. games are. It's so annoying. See, that's East. That's the one thing I hate about the East Coast time zone. You know, back in the Midwest, everything's an hour earlier, and things are a lot uh, better for watching. Everyone says that uh, Central time zone is the best sports watching 100%. 100%. All right. Jordan, you want to introduce uh, our fun segment we're doing before we get into some Final Four picks yes. and wrap things up? So I thought of this today. At the Final Four, they do this three-on-three tournament from all the seniors in the country. It's done by conference last year. The Colonial Athletic Association won the three-on-three tournament. So and the year before, the Big Ten won it. It was a team with... Robert Johnson, Vincent Edwards, and Nate Mason. Because I'm pretty sure it's Jay not Sean teams that are Tate competing well. in the Final Four. So, right. yeah, it's, it's, yeah, obviously it's not teams competing in the Final Four. Which we're it's, disregarding. Yeah, I mean, we... For, for, and we also, we also, in the real three-on-three, it's, it's, it's conferences. We changed it up a bit. We drafted our, we did a snake, we're going to do a snake draft of our three um, favorite seniors in the country, our three-on-three team. And then we'll put this up as a poll. We'll see who you guys think has the best team of our three. And so we'll kick it off. Brandon has the yes. first pick. By random by random number generator, I got the first pick, which is it's honestly hard. I mean, there's so many good seniors. But I want a guy, first of all, that can just three-on-three, got to beat your man off the dribble, got to hit shots, got to score, got to be competitive. So I'm going with Miles Powell. Jordan, you hyped him up as a Kemba candidate earlier, and I know he's a competitive guy that he's gonna want to play out. Go, he's gonna want to go out there and win. He's not gonna take it as a joke. So I'll have Miles Powell leading my team. Uh, Jordan, you got the second pick. Who are you going with? I'm going with Udoka as a bouquet. Good pick. And I pick him because in three on three, I like him to just clean up the glass and get easy dunks in the paint. 
and I think that this senior class is a guard heavy class and I like Azabuke to just destroy all of your bigs. I was hoping he'd fall to round two, so. Yeah, but so was I, but you went with him. Uh, I have the third pick, and I'm going to go with a big man for my first pick. I'm going to go with Kerry Blackshear Jr., um, averaging 12.8 points per game, 7.5 rebounds. You know, he's shooting 43.6% from the floor, um, and he's a pretty good three-throw shooter as well. Uh, can shoot the three when he wants to at 30.5%. So um, I'm going to go with him. I need a solid rebounder because I'm probably going with guards for my other picks. And he's 6'10", 241, so can combat Jordan a little bit with uh, his pick. And then you got the snake draft, so you're back up on the clock again. All right, so I'm back up on the clock again. I'm going to go. I've talked about him on this podcast, one of my favorite players in college basketball, just won Pac-12 player of the year. I'm going to go with Peyton Pritchard. Uh, um, yeah, you're upset I took Peyton uh, Pritchard. He's just, he's 6'2". You know, he's averaging 20.5 points, 5.5 assists, 4.3 rebounds. You know, he's shooting 46% from the floor. Um, he's shooting 41.5% from three. Um, you know, he's just like a reliable, great guy. He also puts up 1.5 steals a game. I mean, there's nothing that, like, he doesn't do for you. And, you know, he just always comes up clutch in big games. So... I mean, he was just an obvious choice for me to go with Peyton Pritchard. So I'm up, and I can't believe this guy fell so far. <laughs> I'm gonna, I mean, I was considering taking him with my first pick. I'm going to go Cassius Winston, uh, best point guard in the Big Ten probably. Sorry, Anthony Cowan. But uh, I, I – Winston – Cassius is the best point guard. Yeah, I mean, I love Anthony Cowan, but Cassius Winston is the best point guard in the conference. I mean, he's just a player – he can shoot, he can drive, he can do it all for me. I'd lo I would love him in Azubuke and a little pick-and-roll action. And, yeah, I mean, tough to pass up on Cassius Winston. I think that my defense of Peyton Pritchard is going to cause Ooh. Cassius Winston some trouble. That, I, don't, I don't know. That, yeah, that'd be interesting. All right, so I'm back up. Um, I don't have a big yet, but you know what? It's three on three. My team is just going to score a lot of points and make a lot of threes. So I'm going with the nation's leading scorer, Marcus Howard. You put Powell and Howard together, we're just going to space you out, hit a lot of threes, isolations. I mean, those two guys combined average like 50 points a game. Howard's the, the nation's leading scorer. So I'll take Howard with my second pick. And then my third pick, I need a bit of size. Not a ton of good bigs left. You guys you guys snagged Azubuke and Blackshear. But you know what? Scoring's been a trend, so I'm going to go with the more offensive and uh, spacing big. I'll take Killian Tilly from Gonzaga. He can really stretch the floor. Um, my team is just we're gonna play on the perimeter. We're gonna make we're gonna make Azubuke step out. We're gonna make Kerry Blackshear step out. Put him in ball screens, pick and pops, and with three really talented offensive guys, I'm just hoping I can outscore you guys. So I'm gonna be getting a lot of steals on you. I mean, I've got Peyton Pritchard, the player I'm about to get. It's really good on defense. We're just, we're just so. gonna space the floor. We're just gonna hit a lot of threes. It's a make or miss game, and hopefully we make shots. All right. So with my last pick, I am doing something that. Not most of you went with two guards, one big. I'm gonna take a wing. I'm going with Lamar Stevens of Penn State. I feel like Lamar Stevens has played for Penn State for ten years, but <laughs> Lamar Stevens averages 17.6 points per game, 6.9 rebounds per game, and then he also I like him a lot for this pick is he's averaging over a block and over a steal per game. I like him as a wing defender for me who can also score. I don't really like my team I'd, I'd love to see i'd love to see how this would actually yeah, go down I'd, I'd like to throw this out there and lila you have the last pick of the draft 
I have to go with my guy, Anthony Cowan Jr. I mean, I couldn't not pick him for this. Um, you know, like, he, yes, he's had some games where he's gone cold this year, but, I mean, he's also had some games where he's just been, like, just on a completely other level. I mean, he's averaging 16.3 points per game, but he's had so many games above 20 points this year, a couple 30-point games, and then, you know, 4.7 assists, 3.6 rebounds. He's a guy who can, and he's averaging a steal a game as well. He's a guy who can get to the basket, um, you know, and, you know, just get a layup. He can, you know, shoot the three. When he's having a really good game, he's just on fire from there. And, you know, he's a guy, I have two really clutch finishers on my team with him and Peyton Pritchard. And so I think, mm-hmm. you know, if something doesn't go our way and we get in a late game situation, I know that I can count on those two guys to pull it out. And, you know, they're both really, really good on the defensive end as well as the offensive end. So I, I think I'm taking this one. Absolutely. So to recap. You uh, just said absolutely to me taking this one. So thank you. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Like he's like, he's a good player, but. I mean, I, I'm obviously, if you say so, I'm obviously taking my team, but a lot of um, good, a lot of good guys were left on the board too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So who else were some of the guys? Jordan, who I else was, I, I was thinking if I was gonna go with a guard instead of Lamar Stevens, I was gonna take Kamar Baldwin from Butler or Bryce Aiken from Harvard. Those were my two other guys who were mm-hmm. in contention with my last pick. Lila, was there anyone you were looking at? Um. I was thinking Jeff Downton. I like him a bit. Rhode Island, yeah. Yeah, for Rhode Island. Um, so I was kind of thinking about him. Um, I don't know. I'm a big fan. I mean, you guys took like some of the other guys that I was liking. Yeah. That I think like if there were others that I would end up going with. So I think you guys took a lot of those. I mean, maybe a guy like um, you know John Teske or Xavier Simpson mm-hmm. or Devonte Green. Um, like there are some big 10 guys that maybe I would have gone with, um, Devontae Green would be a fun three on three player because he would just keep shooting and if he gets yeah. hot, your team's going to win. But like, I don't, besides that, like there aren't maybe like Tinkle, yeah. Morgan State, but besides that, I mean, I think we, I think we took a lot of the really good ones. So the last big, I was looking at Yoli Childs, um, he was actually terrible two nights ago against St. Mary's, so that's why he didn't get picked for me. I didn't, didn't like the way he was trending. Uh, Nathan Knight on William & Mary, bit of a sleeper player, but he's averaging, he's one of the best rebounders in college basketball, averaging a double-double. Uh, Anthony Lamb at uh, Ver- Vermont has led them to the back of the tournament. He's a good wing. And Jordan Ford on St. Mary's, who hit a big shot to beat BYU just a few nights ago, is a really quick guard. So those are some of the guys I was looking at, um, but a lot of good seniors in the sport this year, for sure. All right, and we'll get into our final four picks. I finally switched mine up a little bit. Uh, all right, so if you switch it up, then who do you have? All right, so I still have Kansas, and I still have Dayton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I only really switched up one team. Um, well, here's the thing, right? Is like, when we recorded the podcast last week, I had Maryland, but then, like, after that game, after that Rutgers game, I was a little doubtful, and in my mind, I took them out, but they're staying back in for me this week. I think that they showed me what I needed to see against Michigan. I think that this is a hungry team. I mean, maybe it has to do because I've been covering them all season, and maybe it just has to do with my desire to cover a Final Four. I won't lie, that has a little bit. But, like, they're still, like, at 11% to make a Final Four with ESPN. And I think that, like, when the team is playing like they did against Michigan and some of the games they've had this year, I really think they can make that run. And then my other team that I'm going to be putting in there is Michigan State. They have just completely hit their stride. So well coached. Um, And I think I talked about this last week as well, but just, like, you have Cassius Winston is, you know, finally seems to be back to his normal. Um, and you have Xavier Tillman Sr. just really, really playing well. 
Um, and you have, you know, other guys heating up for them with Rocket Watts and uh, the other kid. I'm forgetting his name right now. Henry. Yeah. Malik Hall. And Henry. And yeah, Henry. Hall's had some good games. Henry seems to be, you know, more consistent. So uh, I'm putting them into there for me now. And, like, there was someone that I had in the Final Four, like, at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. but I just wasn't, you know, so sure. But they've just been looked so good lately that there's no way I couldn't put them there. Well, they, they look good on Sunday. They're not lately. They, they look good in their... Oh, you mean Michigan State. Michigan State. Michigan yeah, State. Yeah. yeah, no, Michigan State has looked well lately. That I, comeback against Penn State was incredible. Just incredible. I think in, like, in your local bracket pools, I think Michigan State's going to be a pretty popular pick. People love, like, the Tom Izzo, the March narrative. I think senior point guard... NBA NBA caliber big. I think Michigan State's going to be a popular pick. I didn't take them yet. I'm still not fully on board, but they're certainly... I'm getting closer with them. Um, I took Kansas and Dayton. I've said enough about them in this podcast. They're they're for sure in. And then I've actually switched to Gonzaga. I'm in on them. You literally were just texting me last night about how you couldn't trust them. No, I think <laughs> I knew they were going to win that game. I knew they were going to win that game. Well, another thing that, that switched... San Diego State is now going to be the two in the West. So their path got a lot easier. And I just think they're solid. Um, when Joel Ayayi and Anton Watson, their guards, are playing better, they're a hard team to beat because they're bigs with Tilly and Petrosev and Corey Kisper on the wing. This is a really solid five to six guys. I mean, San Fran always plays them tough, and they still pulled it out. I think by the time this podcast is up, they'll have taken care of St. Mary's. I just think the I West. I don't know. I think St. Mary's could win that game. I I think Gonzaga will handle, handle them both times. I think Gonzaga will handle them, especially after the St. Mary's has had oh, two really right. close games. Oh, you're right. They did completely. I think Gonzaga, just because they're in the West, and I don't trust San Diego State, they're a safe pick. And my last team, I had Villanova last week, and they didn't do anything to deter me really. I still think they look good, but I'm back on the Duke train. They, like I said earlier, oh my God. they look they look good. They have talent. I like this isn't that this isn't a Duke team that everyone's propping up and hyping and just sliding in like last year's Duke team. Or I feel like this Duke team might have a bit of a chip on their shoulder because they're not as nationally publicized. When oh come on! They're not. People don't believe in them. People don't believe in Duke, and that's like they've a been weird... top ten all season. I mean, for most of the season, they're still like. But like the but the the perspective of the like that's I think your perspective is how a lot of people feel is that they don't really deserve it. And you look at in in terms of pure talent. They have it, and they have a really good coach. So I'm back on the Duke train, and they'll be my fourth team this week. All right, so mine remains almost unchanged. I flip-flopped the Big East team. Uh, so I start Kansas State, and don't need to say much more about them. Mm-hmm. I kept Kentucky. I was considering dropping them. I did. They didn't play great against Tennessee. They lost, but I really liked that comeback against Florida. One thing to keep an eye on about Kentucky is... Ashton Hagens is away from their team right now for personal reasons. Um, he, people say that he's supposed to come back. If he wasn't, say, to come back for the tournament, I think that that would have an impact on me. I keep Kentucky in there over teams like Maryland, Michigan State, Duke, because I think that they're deeper. I think that they have more guys. I mean, Nick Richards is incredible. Emmanuel quickly just wins SEC Player of the Year, and then you have Tyrese Maxey, who's a top NBA draft pick, and then Hagens. I mean, he's a great guard. And I just think that they're deeper than some of these other teams that, and also less battle-tested in a good way that they've kind of played an easier schedule in the SEC and hasn't, you know, I just trust them to win four games in a row more than I trust Maryland and more than I trust Michigan State, more than I trust Duke. And then my last pick 
is a team that I have, am now really high on after they took care of Seton Hall this week. I had Seton Hall last week. I now have Villanova. I loved what I saw from this Villanova team. Sadiq Bey is awesome, mm -hmm. and Gillespie is also a great guard. And then for me, X Factor for them is a local product from DeMatha, Justin Moore. I just think he is a sensational freshman who's kind of hitting. He's been a little inconsistent, but it seems like he's kind of hitting his stride right now. And I, I really like this Villanova team. You have the coach with Jay Wright, and I think that there's a really good chance that they will be in Atlanta. I do have to say one thing about Gonzaga. I think that like Spokane is going to end up getting canceled as a location, so I think that could affect things for Gonzaga. That'd be round one or two. I mean, I'm not. So it's basically just their second round game. Yeah. Um. Nah. Nah, I'm not worried. <laughs> All right, guys, we will be back. I think maybe we'll do uh, a podcast right after Selection Sunday mm -hmm. where we'll really dig into our predictions for Final Four and all that stuff because we'll have everything solidified. So uh, you can be sure there are going to be a ton of debates. Uh, we're going to get into that. And, you know, we're definitely going to have to play some sort of wager about, you know, who is right about the most games and stuff like for that. Sure, yeah. There's definitely going to be some more stuff at stake. And stay tuned with all of our coverage coming out with the Big Ten Tournament. We're going to be having some more March Madness coming up for you. And hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what kind of coverage you want to see, what you want us to be talking about on the podcast.